You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Here to bring you all the casual conversations on the shows, films, concerts, movies, and events that we see and observe throughout our career. This conversation will feature spoilers, so please make sure you check out the content that we're discussing today. Or not, you can totally uh, also listen along. It's totally up to you, but we would just like to warn you that we will feature spoilers about what we're discussing today. Today we are talking about the Broadway revival through Roundabout Theatre Company of the musical 1776, currently playing at the American Airlines Theatre in New York City. I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on 1776, which I like to do with revivals, just so our audience has a little bit of a background of where this show kind of came from before we got to the production we're talking about. Uh, 1776 has music and lyrics by Sherman Edwards with a book by Peter Stone based on a concept by Sherman Edwards and originally produced, um, Broadway production was produced by Stuart Ostro. This revival had choreography by Jeffrey L. Page, and this revival was directed by Jeffrey L. Page and Diane Paulus. A little bit of the history of this show. This show originated on Broadway in 1969, and it won the Tony Award for Best Musical in 1969 Mm -hmm. as well. There was a 1972 film. There was uh, one revival prior to this one in 1997, also produced through Roundabout Theatre Company that was on Broadway. did not win any Tony Awards that year. And now we're in 2022 with the revival of this. This is playing until January of 2023, so it is a strictly limited engagement on this revival. So let's dive into this a little bit. I think we have a lot of thoughts. I think I'm going to actually start with some of my thoughts on this. Okay. Um, Here's where I would like to start. I think in 1969, telling the story of the Founding Fathers on Broadway was probably cool. Yeah. And it was probably like, oh, why wouldn't we tell that story live uh, to an audience with some music? And why wouldn't we have the Founding Fathers singing and dancing? And, and why wouldn't we humanize the Founding Fathers? We see them in photos, in paintings, rather, mm-hmm. in textbooks. We learn about this in history class. We don't have a ton of personification of these people because it was from so long ago. We don't have videos of them. We don't have audio of what Mm -hmm. they were doing and saying. I think what this original concept does is it takes these people and it says, oh, adds humor, adds tragedy, and it adds humanization of these people. Sometimes I think we look at the Founding Fathers as like 
you know, perfect robotic people who did, and they were wonder, you know, they did some great things for the country. They founded our country, right? Mm -hmm. But they were human beings and their wives were human beings. And this would, I think to humanize, just keep going back to the word, to humanize the telling of this was really probably cool at the time. Okay. At the time. At the time. At the time. Now we're seeing this revival of this completely flipped on its head with Mm -hmm. race and gender in the representation of the piece. I would like to start by saying I really love when someone has an idea. Yeah. It always starts with an idea. And for I'm going to assume it was Jeffrey L. Page and Diane Paulus to have this idea of making the whole cast female identifying or you know um, gender binary non binary you know gender neutral rather and inclusive trans female representation and to make everyone on stage that with all these different races represented. The idea is there. And I will be honest, when I first saw it on stage and I see it, it does kind of hit you for a second. Like, wow, this is going to be cool. Like, we're going to see the story of the Founding Fathers told in the complete opposite way. And wow. And so I just have to say, kudos to you for coming up with the idea. Because that and and all these people funding it and supporting it in the mainstream Mm -hmm. growing circuit. So I want to start by saying that because... I'm so proud of female representation on the stage. I'm so proud of racial diversity on the stage and what Broadway is doing with that. And this was really amazing to be able to see that idea on stage. So I want to start by that. Okay. okay? Now I want to go into a little bit of the show because I don't think that the idea, unfortunately, was executed properly in a lot of ways. But I just wanted to start by saying that I think that this was a cool idea. Yeah. And I understand that Hamilton kind of maybe started some of this a little bit, right? Like, let's put all this gender and diversity and race representation on stage, but keep people in traditional period garb, right? And so that's what this did, right? They kept them in traditional look. Hair could be whatever you want, but everything below the neck was a period look. Cool. Okay. Was it copying Hamilton? Maybe. And Hamilton is very different because it's an original score and original concept, and this is a revival. I think but I just have to start by kind of saying that. Do you agree with the idea maybe at the start being something that was a cool idea? I think it's a cool idea. And this is something that I had wrote down that I really wanted to kind of really dive into yeah. on this podcast. Because this is about revivals. And this is about the creative process and this idea that you're talking about. But bringing it back to the stage. And in some ways, it really works to kind of freshen up a revival. And then in other times, that idea kind of just is not executed. And I wanted to really dive in to what do we think is working in the space of revivals? Uh-huh. And where where do we as theater goers and theater creators kind of sit back and say, what really needs a freshened up revival versus what doesn't? And are you, in other words, trying to say maybe this didn't need a revival right now, this production or this show? I just don't know if it needed, correct, a revival at all, Mm -hmm. but also a revival where it's kind of really taking away or changing up something that just isn't working in the, in the, in the piece. I, I don't think the original piece is perfect. Yeah. I don't think all the songs are great. Right. 
I do think that it drags at times a little. Although, ironically enough, this revival didn't seem to drag. I actually thought it moved pretty nicely. I paced. do think it moves. It, it moves fine. There's not a lot of songs in the show, actually. It, right. There's a big, long book scenes. But I want to go back to what was... Maybe we should kind of harp on a little bit here what was not working. Because like right. I said, we have this idea. And then I think as a director and producer team, you have to execute the idea to its fullest. And I almost feel like someone came up with the idea and then it all went downhill from there. And you never fully supported the idea. And so it starts with, let me just go to kind of maybe working through the show. It starts with people coming on stage and putting themselves in the shoes. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that was one of the best parts of the whole show is the first five minutes. Wow, we're going to dive. We're going to take our sneakers off and we're going to put the shoes on, put the coats on, become the people. And I never saw that idea again. Right. and It It never came back. Well, a little bit of it, it, you kind of wonder, is this... Are we supposed to take ourselves out of like being in the piece as a whole? And are we supposed to immediately start by saying, okay, women are walking on the stage in their regular shoes, yeah. their regular look. And are they kind of doing one of those things where they're going to tell us the story now yeah. and that's why they're putting on the shoes? So if that's the case, there I... I understand with the revival, you can't really change the text much. I understand right. they're changing the concept. However, I'm just a little confused as to, to me, there was this, this show could have gone two routes. It could have been, we're going to be women playing the roles of men and we're going to mock it. That was right. one way it could have been, which at times it was. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to be women playing the roles of men and we're going to make this about if we were women doing this. But then, but I don't we think never, that came across. I know because the, to me, I, and I don't want to get hooked up on the lyric or the words, or the text rather. But it was all he pronouns, he him pronouns. So it was he him, Mister Mister he him. Fine, but then we never addressed. Are we supposed to address that these are women? Or are we still supposed to, as an audience, think that these are men? That is what is the blurred line for me. I'm still very confused and it didn't, I'm not saying you have to choose one or the other that the show needed to be black and white. I just would have liked the director and the team at times to take the audience on one of those paths. I felt like I sat on a fork in the road for two and a half mm-hmm. hours. Do you that's want me to mock the men that created the country or do you want to humanize them but also say women could have done this and should have done that but then keep the he, him pronouns and so we're pretending to be men still I, it just didn't really and right come from across. off the start right now as you can tell we're way too confused on what was trying right. to be done in this production right and we're gonna sit here probably for a long time and we're gonna say where did this even start to begin with was it like i was just saying were were these women coming and being like like say we were a school audience or something and all of the teachers were like okay we're going to tell the students and we're coming in here and we're putting on our shoes and we're acting as the founding fathers but we're still women and we still didn't know what was happening and and at the end i think one of them maybe took their coat off but they kind of just stood there like wouldn't it have been so great to button it with take the shoes off put them back mm-hmm. and put your sneakers on and leave the stage where was the that's a directorial like Button the num- button the show up like that. So I think where we're kind of getting to a root of the issue here is I am still having some issue with some revivals really not being able to kind of make it their own. And they're doing too much to change something that already worked. So. But yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I have an idea here. Okay. Because this is another thing I had to confuse me about. There are two 
female-identifying characters in this show, Mm -hmm. right? It is Martha Washington and Abigail Adams. They were played by women in women attire, clothing, look, in gowns and dresses, okay? So how are we sitting here in this same show saying, okay, you're female-identifying actors playing female-identifying characters. Cool. Oh, but you're female-identifying actors playing male characters. And wouldn't it have made more sense to make the only two females in the show men? Like, if you're switching the whole thing up, Mm -hmm. if you're going to go with the concept of female actors in men's clothing playing men, why wouldn't it have been men in women's clothing playing women for the only two characters? Because you're making a... I know they weren't the founding fathers, Mm -hmm. but there are big production numbers that involve those two women. There are big characters in the show. The concept would have worked if you just did it across the spectrum of all characters. I'm not saying drag. I'm not saying... I don't know if that would have thrown it off with comedy or, or what it would have done. But to me, there's... The lineage of it doesn't... You've now just... Oh, but we're not going to do that with these two characters. Okay, why? Yeah. I'm not understanding. And then, wait, 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 so one more thing really quick. I know, and then I want to hear you have to say. Then, in the intimate scenes between the husbands and the wives, there's no intimacy. There's no kissing. There's no love. There's no, there's no showing of, she sings the whole song about the fiddle and the sexual energy with that or whatever. And there's no, there's no, I don't see any intimacy. So are you afraid to show the intimacy here now all of a sudden? They're husband and wife and you're trying to humanize the founding fathers. I think we see a lot of intimacy in Hamilton with the husbands and wives and the affairs or whatever was going on. Where is the intimacy between those two? It's like they didn't want to touch it. They didn't want to go there with the wives and the husbands and they just ignored that part of the whole show. I think I know what you're going with. And I think there's... What could have really worked in this show is gender reversal. So if we did this show and it wasn't done that these women were trying to be men, it should have just been that women founded the country. What if women founded the country and they put on this show and men were in the reverse role of being the men that were at home, at spouse, not doing things in drag, not doing things like this. And that concept could have totally worked, I think, because then it would have been like, and now go. Now revive. Now speak the text of Peter Stone and Sherman Edward. Right. Go. You know? Right. I think that's where where, where the, the problem kind of happened was that these women were being portrayed and as men and they were saying he, him, etc. And instead it should have just been the opposite. It should have just been these are women and the women founded the country. And I think another – yes. But, but I will say something. This kind of goes to the bigger topic of why don't we have a new piece written? Mm-hmm. Well, like Hamilton was, right? right? Hamilton was a new piece written, and it works. A piece like Six is a new piece written, a period piece, and it works. And the same thing here. I get it. We're taking a revival and we're doing some things to it, but it was already done. And too many changes just take away from the piece, and it also takes away from these actors. And that's one big thing that I want to say. I'm all for giving all of these actors and a lot of them are their Broadway debuts, yes. and that's great. But I just wonder how many of them really want to be in this show. Or do they want a show that really is something that's telling their story? Because this is telling someone else's story. And where you find passion in the role, we would see it. 
I don't know how passionate I felt that many of these actors in this show really felt about the text and the story happening. It did here. seem like they were kind of just doing the job and, and going home. And I didn't know if there was a ton of – yeah, I didn't see – There's something so different when you see a piece like Hamilton because I feel like Hamilton – and I really don't want to do a lot of the comparing game because it it takes away from each piece. But when you have a piece like Hamilton and you have actors that are so passionate about saying – this is what America really looks like and we're going to tell you the story in this way and it's taking a piece – of period that uh, you know many people know about but also we learned about because we all know about 1776 it's like one of the biggest things we learn about and Hamilton we don't learn as much when we're right. in school so it was an interesting take that Lemonmal did with that piece but also if you have a piece like 6 another thing that many people don't really know the history of and you tell it in a different way and light you you just see a difference in like six powerful female women up there talking about their stories with um, what what they went through. And you just feel a different passion. And what I, I feel like what was lacking in 1776 was that. Because it, why? Because it, it's not telling. It's still telling the story as a man. Does right. that make sense? It's but, still saying but, it from as, as a man's point of view, and it just doesn't work. I will also say, if you're looking at this as a spectrum, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the original being all straight white men, right? Now you're here on the other end of this coin, completely the other opposite end. What do we get? A, you know, the question is, maybe I'll listen back to this years from now. In 20 years from now, do we get a revival of this with just a little bit of everything? A straight white man, a gay man, a black man, a woman, an Asian, Hispanic. Or do we just get, because I know so I many people today have the pride of our current Congress is so diverse. When we look at the current House of Representatives and the current Congress, we see so much different representation because so many people say that is what America is. Okay, so what, do we see a revival of this where there's like, wouldn't it have been cool if every single person on that stage represented a different background to show America more instead of, well, it's all going to be white or it's all going to be women or it's all going to be the, what about just maybe the next revival being Everything. I just think write new theater. Right. And maybe that's the point is maybe we would need another piece written about this showing the equal representation of all people. And, and there was so – and listen, there was so much representation in this. I'm not saying that there's not enough of it. I'm just saying it just went there, there but it didn't be, go far enough for This me. is the interesting thing about theater. And there can be as much representation in the piece as you want. But if it's not in the text, it doesn't work. And I think in the text, the representation is missing. So how can someone mm-hmm. who doesn't feel represented in a piece really feel passionate about something? Mm-hmm. But let me say something else. We are so, in this industry, really, I don't want to say obsessed, but really focused on the representation on the stage. Mm-hmm. I would like to read you something. Okay. In the playbill mm-hmm. about the representation off stage for this revival, okay? okay? Not talking about the fact that this was written by men a long time ago. So we're talking about the revival production team, okay? Okay. The artistic director of Roundabout Theater Company is a man. The set design was done by a man. The costume design was done by a man. The sound design was done by a man. The projection design was done by a man. The choreographer is a man. The fight choreographer is a man. The orchestrate, well, the orchestrations were done by a man, but that could have been from the past, right? The music direction, man. The production stage manager, man. The music coordinator, man. 
What I'm trying to say is you put so much energy into the representation on stage. I just listed two thirds of this production team is men backstage that the audience is not seeing. If you want to pride yourself on you representing on stage, I am seeing the lighting designer as a woman. I am seeing one of the directors is a woman. And I am seeing hair and wig, which is co-directed. And I am seeing a dialect coach and a hair and wig design by a woman. And I am seeing almost no other women on this team. Mm -hmm. So please try better to represent behind stage. And you know what? Some productions are. I look at this every playbill and I see amazing representation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the races of all these people backstage or the ethnicities, but I'm looking at names and I'm, and please someone correct me if I've misgendered anybody here with any of these titles that anyone's holding, but please, it's hard for me to sit here and say, wow, look what's going on on stage and not read this playbill and see that two-thirds of this production team in 2022 behind the scenes is men. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's neither here nor there. I am strictly stating what I'm seeing in a playbill. Yeah. So maybe if you wanted to say this is going to be all told by women, it's also going to be designed and executed by women behind the scenes too. Or more women. And kudos to you, the few women who are on this production team backstage who are hired to tell this story from not seen on stage. That's what I'm saying. So That's what I'm saying. Then it, to me, it makes sense that this just is more of a gimmick. This is more of like a ploy looking forward and saying, you know what? We're going to do something for like a viral moment on Broadway and say, we're going to do an all woman production of 1776, which it's not all because just because it's forward facing doesn't mean it's behind the scenes because as well. Because you can't as you just say, said. right. Well, so it's not all, it's an all casted um, production of 1776 with women identifying. And but that really says a lot about the production. If you, I, you know, the Roundabout Theater Company staff, like the artistic director and CEO of Roundabout, okay, so that's fine. I'm talking, and even the people who wrote this, I understand that. Maybe those are positions that we have no. I'm talking about the people who were hired on for this specific revival production. I just named it. I just named all these men who are working backstage. I'm not saying there's a problem with that. I'm just saying don't say one thing and show your ticket-paying audience one thing. Mm -hmm. And then all I had to do was open the playbill and read. Yeah. But you know what? A, A lot of people aren't buying it. Well, so the reviews, unfortunately, the reviews, were very mixed on this. The and the ticket sales were not great because we sat there and there was a lot of empty seats. Yep. The reviews are mixed. The people that are seeing the show and we're talking to about this show are saying all the same things as us. It's like there's something missing from this production. And, and uh, Yes, there is something missing. I'm going to tell you something else. I actually did like the costumes. And I, and I always love hair representation on a stage. Hamilton does it. I love seeing the diversity mm-hmm. in hair. We are so... Um, even like Carolee Carmelo with her hair, you know, the lead, Crystal Lucas Perry, her hair, I think some great hair going on there. So I actually think I know it's like one of the greatest designs designed by a oh, Mia Neal, hair and wig design. Yeah. Yes, Mia. Great job. Like you really did a great <laughs> job with that. But I'm going to say something. Scott Pask, set designer. I really don't like to spend a whole time focusing on one design element of a show. But this set did not work at all. All no. from like like I, a lot of reasons, but multiple. I'm sorry, but the overall direction and the set design was just no. But let me say something about the set. <laughs> you have 
oh God, it had to have been almost half, about half, maybe a little less than half of your numbers, staged in front of a shower curtain-esque American flag pulled on, mm-hmm. not even to the height of the proscenium. It was cut halfway through. And how sticky, circusy did that feel? Right. And if you were going to go circusy, then keep going. And you stopped by saying, we'll throw a shower curtain American flag up and we'll keep pulling that. And then I, I love how they keep saying in the show, it's hot in here. Open up a window. Open up a window. Oh, it's hot in here. Open up a window. There was no window. Now, I don't, I don't literally need a window. But when you have text and you're reviving text, why wouldn't someone sit there as a set designer and say, oh, they kind of mentioned this window a lot. Maybe I should put like a facade of window. What if we had windows everywhere? And how ironic would it be is they kind of keep saying open up a window, but there's all these windows. and they kind of, like, That would have been so cool Like when we saw yeah. Death of a Salesman, the windows and things. But then you have chairs and tables that look like they were just out of some random store. Mm-hmm. If you look at the paintings of 1776, you're going to keep the costumes, period. Why didn't you keep the furniture, period? They were basic armlet. There were arms on chairs in 1776. Mm -hmm. Where are your armed chairs? Then you have this huge, clearly all their money went into barrels (laughs) because you have a wall of barrels way upstage to the proscenium exposed at the end, which literally made no sense to me. Yeah. And they're staring at barrels. Are these barrels of alcohol? There was that moment where they were gifted at one point. The barrels. Okay. Is that? And you waited till the last three and a half minutes of this show to show your most expensive thing. And then, oh, let's keep pulling this draw curtain in the front. I don't know. I was really disappointed with Scott Pask's set design on this. And I've seen some of Scott's things. I think Scott has a a uh, line in his bio that says that he has, yes, has designed over 50, five zero, over 50 Broadway productions. I can't believe it. <laughs> and I'm looking at this credits and I'm like, Book of Mormon, Coast of Utopia, Pillamat, American Buffalo, Prom, Bands Visit, Mean Girls. What great sets they are there. Well, if you, you know, wanted to I do a stripped this. down thing, it wasn't stripped down in the costumes. It wasn't stripped down in the staging. It wasn't stripped down in the lighting. It was stripped down in the set. That looks like miscommunication to me for mm-hmm. a creative team. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm not a perfect. I'm not perfect, and I'm not a set designer. But I have. I couldn't believe that that was the set. I just couldn't. I, yeah. I was very disappointed. In well, that sometimes when you see these veterans in the Broadway space, you say, "Maybe it's smart of you to take off a couple of years and go, you know, look at new pieces and new works, and then come back and design a set." But maybe fifty is a lot. Mm-hmm. And are you bored? Because that's it what looked I looked boring. like. Like that's I'll just throw it, some stuff up there and I'll get the credit and the paycheck and I'll call it a day. I'm sorry. I, I hate just, to say that about people yeah, working in this industry. You know but what? I don't know. You know, I just find there was a missed, very big missed opportunity with a show like this. And if you were gonna do it, go all out, change something major to make it memorable. And just saying we're gonna do this with an all-female cast, I don't think that's really um, memorable enough because you're just doing something for the hype. And and on, you hate to say that, but I really I really feel like this is almost a hype piece and say, we're going to do this with all female and everyone's going to love it. And instead, you just threw something up there. There was passion lacking in the actors. There was passion lacking in the direction. There was passion lacking in the set. And we felt that as an audience goer. And I almost feel like you have actors up there who are really working hard and who are really talented, who are just kind of given caps to their talent. 
And okay, you're only going to do this. You're only going to do that. Even Carly Carmelo, who I really love, she has one big number in the show. I don't know. I, and I've seen her do better things. Yeah. And I like her. And, they I, can't, and, I, and we can't even say that can save a show because it can't. The show was doomed, it seemed, from the start mm-hmm. of it because there was but, but, no setup for this to really work but, because it was an idea that lacked creativity. But it was almost like the pitch in the meeting all those years ago was, let's do a revival of this like this. Ooh, ah, yes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the conversation stopped. Yes. And you, if you have an idea as a director, a writer, producer, you have to fully execute that idea to its fullest, especially on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen high school productions, college productions, and regional productions with new ideas fully executed, executed to the very last note of that orchestra to the bow. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel that here. Not at all. And it's a shame because, well, I'll save it for... Up oh, already. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. just gonna say I'll save it for when we do our recap, and time is almost oh, up. Oh wow, my gosh! Look okay, at that. yeah. Well, when you're passionate and you're talking, the time flies by. So, final, yes. I, I said what I was about to say. I'll save your final thoughts. So, okay. final thoughts. Go. Um, my final thoughts are: I, I kind of feel like I've said this already, but I think this really needed a more well-developed idea for something for a revival, and I think this goes for all revivals. If you have something that especially won the Tony in its original production and you're going to bring a new light to it, I think you really, really need to develop that idea, and you need to workshop that idea, and you need to get feedback on this idea, because I know that there was an out-of-town on this, right? I believe South American Repertory Theater, I believe, yeah. Yes. And it did it work there or did it not work there? Because I feel like it didn't get good reviews there. And we still brought it to Broadway uh-huh. the same way, and it still got bad reviews. So no one wants to listen to people and what their feedback is. I just think, like, we have to get out of our own heads sometimes when we really like something as creators. And we have to say... Is everyone going to like that or like it, or is it just for me? And I don't think we're doing that enough. Mm-hmm. We have to create for everyone, and everyone part of the process really needs to enjoy what they're doing. And that's what's really lacking from 1776 2022 mm-hmm. Broadway revival. It's lacking the passion from everyone involved, and you can really see it as a theater goer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My final thoughts are thank you, Roundabout Theater Company, and this team for giving the representation opportunities to women and people of color to speak these lines on stage eight times a week, to tell this story. Thank you for that. And like I said at the beginning of this, to bring in full circle, thank you for telling the story this way and giving equal representation, which we're always talking about this industry is lacking. So thank you for that. And thank you for telling the story of the Founding Fathers, because we always want to pride ourselves in America being the land of the free and telling the story of how that happened. Okay. However, I, I, always, I will keep saying that. I However, I, I don't fully agree with you. But okay. okay. I, I will say, no, I, you, you must agree that it ha- it's great to see the representation on stage. It's great to see representation, yes. but I don't think that this is really doing a service mm-hmm. to all of those actors on this stage and to everyone involved. I think it is taking away mm-hmm. from what they really could be doing on a stage in probably a more well-versed show that they feel passionate yes, about. Yes, I hear you. Okay? And so I, hear you. I, I think we have to get away from saying, yes, we love representation on the stage, because we do love it, but it needs to be representation that matters. Mm-hmm. 
It really does. And, I, and that's why what I was going to conclude with was this. Yes, I, I appreciate the goods. You always got to find some, some silver lining here, and I, I appreciate that. However, there just seems to be way too many things that kind of snowball affected and, and, and became something that it wasn't. And I, this is my first time ever seeing this. I have ne- never even seen the film. Mm-hmm. And I just don't really – I wasn't impressed. And I was disappointed yeah. because I know really, really strong, talented people who could have maybe told this a little differently and designed it differently and executed it differently. Yeah. And and so, with you on that. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, if you uh, like what we've talked about here today and you've seen it, please comment and engage with us. We love to hear your feedback on this and your thoughts. If you're on the fence about seeing it or not, you know, maybe go see it and then maybe you'll agree with us or not. But we love the engagement. So please follow us at Half Hour Podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over um, at Half Hour Podcast. We'd love to know what you think. Yeah. And um, if you're part of the cast and you listen to this and you want to have a conversation yeah. about your process being in the show, we would love to talk yeah, more to you Yeah, because maybe there's it. something we don't know that yeah. happened in the rehearsal process. We'd love to know more about it because we're just talking from an audience perspective here. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to hear from you. So yes, please engage with us if you'd like. Um, we thank you all so much for listening we hope you enjoyed today got lots of uh music pop music coming up and lots of broadway coming up we're Mm -hmm. knee deep in this fall season as i said so having so much fun yes thank you all so much we hope you enjoyed and more to come so signing off for now i'm richie and i'm jeff saying ta-ta bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.